0: You're listening to Comedy Central.
1: 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take the dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the planet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? Turns out, that story was way bigger than just an optical illusion. It's a cautionary tale about the decline of clickbait sites, the rise of algorithms and internet polarization, and the end of fun on the internet. Seriously, and that's just one story. We're giving every character their 16th minute. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: January 30th, 2020. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Tonight is a writer and a director whose animated short film, Hair Love, is up for an Academy Award next week. Matthew H. Cherry is joining us on the show. (laughs) Also, on tonight's episode, how to win big on the Super Bowl, the worst way to be a millionaire, and Neil Brennan tells us what Donald Trump and Fifty Shades of Grey have in common. So let's catch up (laughs) on today's headlines. Let's kick it off with some big health news. If you're a person who likes being alive and does not want to die soon, (laughs) first of all, congratulations on being basic. And second, (laughs) here's some good news
0: for you. Some good news this morning. Americans' life expectancy has increased for the first time in four years. That's according to a new report from the Centers for Disease Control. It shows life expectancy rose slightly in 2018
3: to 78.7 years. Wow, this is major. For the first time in four years, American life expectancy is on the rise. Big shout out to Betty White for bumping up the average. We see you, girl. We see you, girl. But but you know what? It's weird that life expectancy is even a thing. Like, it feels like we're giving human beings expiration dates like we're milk. I mean, some people are milk, but not most of us, you know? here's Here's the problem, though. Life expectancy studies are deceptive because they make you think everybody's getting an extra month, which is not true. Because on average, yes, life expectancy is higher. But if you're in the swamps wrangling alligators, you're still lucky if you hit 40. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Honestly, if you ask me, I think scientists should lie about our life expectancy. Because when you tell the truth that we're supposed to reach 78, now we take life for granted. We don't appreciate it, yeah? Then if we don't reach 78, it feels like we failed. People would be like, my granddad died. How old was he? 73. Ah, oh, what a bitch. <laughs> Moving on to immigration news. President Trump has been rushing to build 450 miles of his big, beautiful border wall before the November election comes. But maybe instead of getting it done fast, he should concentrate on getting it done right.
4: President Trump said the Mexican border wall would be impossible to penetrate. Well, now wind is being blamed for knocking part of it over. Panels from the border wall fell over in Mexicali during heavy winds. The panels fell onto trees on the Mexico side of the border. A border patrol agent says the section had recently been set in concrete. It's not clear if Mexico will pay for the clear-up.
3: That is really insane. Parts of the border wall are being knocked down by wind? This is what happens when you build something without Mexicans, Donald. (laughs) And Trump shouldn't tolerate this. He needs to go down to the border and teach these walls how to handle the wind. Because if there's one thing Trump knows, it's how to dodge a draft. I mean, seriously, it can't be that hard to keep a wall upright, you know? If they need to harden the concrete, they can just use that gel that Don Jr. puts in his hair. Something, come on. (laughs) And I know they said this is only because that specific part of the war wasn't finished being built yet, but that's still on Trump. He would have known that this could happen, but he never finished reading The Three Little Pigs. (laughs) It's one of the longest novels ever written, folks. (laughs) So long. (laughs) And finally. (laughs) And finally, it headlines, Minnesota. It's a state most famous for boring things like casseroles and Amy Klobuchar. But now, (laughs) They're trying to shake off that boring reputation, and they're breaking bad.
2: Nearly a million dollars in counterfeit dollar bills. The bust in Minnesota tonight, federal authorities along the Canadian border revealing they seized 45 cartons packed with nearly a million dollars in counterfeit bills, all of them singles. Authorities tonight say they came from China.
3: Wow. <laughs> cops in Minnesota discovered a million dollars worth of fake $1 bills. And the cops could tell they were fake because the counterfeiters used the wrong Washington. Ha, 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 ha. My man. Here's my question though, honest question. Why are you counterfeiting $1 bills? (laughs) It's such a small number. Like with a million ones, all you have is a million dollars. But if you counterfeited a million hundred dollar bills, you have like, like I'm not a scientist, but you have more money, (laughs) way more money. How do you even use that many ones? What are you gonna do with them? What, are you gonna clean out every vending machine? You're gonna be the king of the dollar store? I mean, I guess, yeah, you could go to strip clubs. Yeah, but if you get busted, you're gonna have a lot of explaining to do. Yeah, the strippers and the bouncers are gonna have, you. you're gonna be like, I'm so sorry. I, I just thought your boobs are fake, so my money can be fake? Okay, okay, I'll wash the dishes, I'll wash the dishes. All right, that's it for the headlines. Let's move on to our top story. This weekend is Super Bowl 54. It's basically a J-Lo concert with concussions. (laughs) And other than the game and the commercials, one of the biggest aspects of the Super Bowl has always been gambling. In fact, this Sunday's game will shatter the record for the most bets on a Super Bowl in history. But why? Well, let's find out in another installment of If You Don't Know, Now You Know. The Super Bowl has always been the biggest day of the year for sports betting, the same way St. Patrick's Day has always been the biggest day of the year for street vomiting. (laughs) This year, an estimated 26 million Americans will wager $6.8 billion. And one of the reasons it's such a big day for betting is because you can bet on anything.
4: If it happens at the Super Bowl, you can probably bet on it. The coin toss, the length of the national anthem, even the
2: color of Gatorade that's dumped on the winning coach. Will any player be arrested in Miami after the game? Other prop bets, how many times President Trump tweets during the game. Will Shakira and J-Lo twerk during the halftime show? Jennifer Lopez, whether or not she's gonna show butt cleavage.
3: Yes, for Super Bowl 54, you can even bet on J-Lo's butt cleavage. And let's be clear, there's definitely gonna be butt cleavage, but it's probably gonna happen during a tackle. <laughs> but it is true. You can bet on anything that has anything to do with the Super Bowl. Even the length of the national anthem, which is great news for Demi Lovato, cause she's singing. So she can bet money on the length of the anthem and then just be like, and the home of the brave. <laughs> Brave, 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 brave. So, the Super Bowl is always a big betting day. But this year, thanks to some new laws, it'll be even easier to lose your life savings.
1: In 2020, Sin is in. Sports betting is now authorized in 20 states plus Washington, D.C.
4: Since the Supreme Court cleared the way for sports betting in the states other than in Nevada, a growing number of states have legalized sports
1: gambling. Sports betting revenue expected to go from $2.5 billion this year to nearly $19 billion in 2023. Wow, the case came from New Jersey, a state that fought for years to legalize sports bets. And New Jersey is already poised to overtake Nevada as the biggest state for sports betting in the U.S.
3: Yeah, thanks to New Jersey, gambling on sports can now be legal in any state. And now that it's legal, sports betting is basically New Jersey's new pastime, which means we need to bid farewell to Jersey's old pastime, eating loose salami on a disgusting beach. (laughs) Now, what's interesting is, although Jersey may become bigger than Vegas for sports gambling, unlike Vegas, not many people are planning to spend the weekend.
1: To place bets, some sports fans are making super quick trips to New Jersey.
0: Sometimes New Yorkers visit there for only just a matter of minutes before they go back home.
2: Look what happens in New York. You open the betting app and you try and the app knows you are not in New Jersey. We are unable to place your wagers.
4: It's just a five minute ride just to come back on the train and go back over.
2: Bets are made in New Jersey parking lots, service stations and train platforms. Others take path trains, finding this to be the fastest way to bet and bolt.
3: <laughs> okay. okay, I'm sorry, this, this is hilarious. So New Yorkers are going to New Jersey to place a bet, but they wanna get out as soon as they're done. It's almost like they're worried that if they stay for too long, they're gonna turn into Jersey, you know? It's like, come on guys, place the bets. We gotta get out of here before we turn it to- oh, God damn it, it's already happening. Oh, it's happening, you wanna hit the gym? So basically what's happening now is Jersey is the new Vegas, except their motto is whatever happens in Jersey, don't stay in Jersey. (laughs) Now what's interesting about the world of sports betting is that before it was legal, TV networks and sports leagues, they thought that betting was the most disgusting thing that could happen to sports. But now that they've learned how much money they can make off of it, they're all in.
1: The NCAA and professional sports leagues had long opposed sports betting, saying it could hurt the integrity of the game.
2: But as soon as the Supreme Court freed states to legalize sports betting last May, the pro leagues immediately reversed course. Within months of the ruling, the NBA, Major League Baseball, and the National Hockey League all made deals with MGM, and the NFL partnered up with Caesars Palace.
3: NBA and NHL team owner Ted Leonsis says his Capital One arena will soon have its own sports book. Someone comes to you in your seat and is asking, do you want a soda, do you
2: want a hot dog? My belief is that people will be coming to your seat and saying, do you want to bet on the next period, the next half?
3: That's right, the leagues have embraced betting so much that someday soon you'll have ushers coming up to you while you're watching a game. They'll come up to you and ask you to place a bet. That's big. Because before that, the only kind of gambling they offered at a game was whether the hot dogs would give you diarrhea. <laughs> but it is easy. It is easy to see how betting at the games could make things a little awkward for some of the fans, you know? Cause you'd just be there like, woo, go next! 500 on the Celtics, please.
0: <laughs> we'll be right back.
1: So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Love the Daily Show Ears Edition? Then help us get to know you so we can keep creating the content you love. Go to cohst.app/tds or click the link in this episode's show notes to fill out a quick two-minute survey. And tell us a little bit about yourself.
3: Impeachment scandal. We have watched the Republican defenses of Donald Trump evolve bigly. First it was, there was no quid pro quo. Then it was, okay, even if it was a quid pro quo, it wasn't an abuse of power. Now it's, there's no such thing as an abuse of power. Donald Trump can put the White House on love it or list it and y'all can't do shit. (laughs) So clearly Republicans are okay with Donald Trump going too far, but why? Well, to help us understand, we turn to another man who always goes too far, my friend, Neil Brennan, everybody! <laughs> Good on, Neil. Trevor, if
4: you want to understand why Republicans are behaving like this, you have to understand the world of sex. I'm um, sex? <laughs> yes, buddy, sex. You know, the thing that women want to have with you, but will settle for with me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sex. right. You know the one. But I'm not talking about just any sex. I'm talking about the kinky stuff. Whips, chains, handcuffs. You know, like in Fifty Shades of Grey or the new Winnie the Pooh movie. Okay, but Neil, explain this to me. Like, what does kinky sex have to do with impeachment? I'll tell you, the Republican Party is completely submissive to Donald Trump, completely. We shouldn't even call them the GOP anymore. We should call them the BDSM. (laughs) because ever since Donald Trump came along, they've been letting their freak flag fly. He insults them and they're like, you're a bad boy, Mr. President. He abuses power and they're like, how can something so wrong make me feel so right? He doesn't even bother going to them to get bills passed anymore. He does everything by executive order, which they used to hate, but now they can't get enough of. By the way, even the term executive order sounds like a kinky Cinemax movie. Do I have to, sir?
3: (laughs) I'm giving you an executive order. Okay, well, 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 Neil, if, if the Republicans want BDSM with Trump, then why should we judge? Because Trevor, if you're not careful, BDSM relationships can get
4: way out of control. For instance, one weekend, I let my girlfriend pour a little hot wax on my chest. Cut to a month later, I'm handcuffed to the bed, butt naked, with an active beehive dangling over my penis. (laughs) Which reminds me, Trevor, I brought you some honey. (laughs) It's locally sourced.
3: Yeah. Thanks, uh, I'm now off sugar. Um, All right, so so, so Neil, if, if this thing is getting so dangerous, is there anything Republicans can do to stop it?
4: Yes, they need to come up with a safe word. It's the the word you use when you're no longer comfortable with the sex and you want it to stop. Words like purple or banana. Now, my safe word's a little confusing. My safe word is harder. (laughs) Needless to say, I've gotten pretty injured over the years. My point is Republicans need a safe word to end this BDSM nightmare. And that safe word is impeach.
3: Okay, but, well, but, but here's the thing, wait, here's the thing. If Republicans remove Trump, won't they just end up in another kinky relationship, this time with Mike Pence? Mike Pence kinky? No
4: one is less kinky than Mike Pence. To Mike Pence, holding hands is basically doggy style. In fact, a few months of Mike Pence's blandness should swing the pendulum back to the way the GOP was before Trump, and we can return to democracy the way it used to be. A democracy that's more like the average American sex life. Two parties negotiating, neither one especially happy. But every few months, you take something to the floor and you get it done. (laughs) Now, if you'll excuse me, my girl's at home and We've got some honey to make.
3: Oh, no. Neil Brennan! everybody. We'll be right back.
1: 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take the dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the internet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? But there's way more to this story than that. The dress went viral in early 2015, marking one of the last months that the internet could still be fun. It was just before Trump declared his candidacy for president and polarized an already polarized internet. It was just shy of people deciding what went viral instead of algorithms. And it was just shy of celebrities realizing that they should never ever tweet. It's more than a character of the day. It's an entire moment in time bottled in a little Well, either blue and black or white and gold package. I'm not relitigating it again. You cannot make it. And that's just one story. We've got a million. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Love the Daily Show Ears Edition? Then help us get to know you so we can keep creating the content you love. Go to cohst.app slash tds or click the link in this episode's show notes to fill out a quick two-minute survey and tell us a little bit about yourself.
3: Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is a former NFL wide receiver who wrote, produced, and directed the Oscar-nominated short film hair love. Please welcome Matthew H. Harry. <laughs> welcome to The Daily Show. Thanks for having me. This is what, a, what a journey, yeah, it is crazy because what, what a journey your life has been, yeah. you know? Um, going from being an NFL wide receiver to releasing a children's book and uh, a short film that is nominated for an Oscar. Congratulations. Thank you, <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Let's, um, let's talk about the story and how it came to be, because yeah. I remember when you, when you began this campaign. You know, you, yep. you, you've always been someone who is positive online, yeah. which is a rare thing on Twitter, especially. <laughs> and I remember when you started this project, yeah. you, you said, hey guys, I wanna make a film about positivity you know, when it comes to dads and their daughters and their hair and loving that hair, natural hair. Why was that so important for you? How did did that even begin to be a seed in your mind?
0: Yeah, you know, I was just coming across a lot of these viral videos and um, it just felt like a really great opportunity, like you said, to shine a spotlight on black fathers who so often get this negative portrayal in mainstream media uh, when studies have actually shown that they're among the most involved groups in their um, kids' lives. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So that was one. and then also, you know, at the time in 2017, um, in the 100-year-plus history of film, only three animated movies had featured black protagonists. It was Beyonce's Kids, Princess wow. and the Frog, and Home. From DreamWorks. And so it also felt like a great opportunity to showcase a black family. Right. And to also try to normalize our hair. You know, as you know, there's so many stories every week, there's, there's a new story of a young kid who's not able to graduate because they have locks like that. Mine is a big or, thing, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, just wanted to normalize it and um, just shine a spotlight on these young kids that have pride in their how they look. That, that has become one of the the, the, the stories that we've been following mm-hmm. recently.
3: We've been seeing it more and more in the news where a kid in school has been told, oh, they won't take your class picture. You yep. can't be in the class picture mm-hmm. because of your hair. Yep. That hairstyle is not appropriate. Yeah. You know, dreadlocks are right. inappropriate right. for the office or cornrows right. or braids. These are all inappropriate mm-hmm. for the office in school. Yeah. It, 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 was, it was a big part of my life as well. Did you feel that when you, when you were transitioning? Because when you're in sports, yeah. you know you can have whatever hair you want. People exactly. are like, yeah, you're a rock star, you can do what you. <laughs> exactly. But when you move into like a more professional world, was there ever a moment where you felt like people looked at your hair and went like, ah oh, man, we should
0: uh, we should tame that? No, I mean definitely. Um, you know, you get the microaggressions, things like right. that. Um, you know, people even when you know I went to certain schools, you know, it, it would be the same thing, but. You know, luckily, when you're in the creative arts, it's not so bad, but, right, right, you know, right. I have a lot of co-workers and, and friends who work in more corporate environments, and they can't wear their hair a certain way, and it's just crazy. It is It is sad, but it is changing. It is.
3: You know, for instance, we've seen in, in California, they've now passed a law that it protects mm-hmm. people who have natural yep. hair. You can't be discriminated yep. against. You know, if you go to work, that's your hair. Yep. That is, yeah, mm-hmm. it's really great yep. for everybody. Yep. For everybody, really. And and this this story is really beautiful. It, it, is, a, it is a short film. Yep about uh, a dad and this this cute little girl. And as we saw in in the little clip that we played, she (laughs) needs to get her hair done. Mm -hmm. And we don't understand why it's so important, but she needs to get her hair done, and he is terrified of doing her (laughs) hair. Yes. Why did you want to make this movie? And what's more interesting to me is, why did you choose to make it the way you did, asking people to help you make the movie?
0: Well, you know, for crowdfunding, um, it's a really good way as a filmmaker to kind of build an audience before you go to market. Uh with this story, I felt really confident because I already kind of had this test data with the viral videos. Like clearly people already were into it. And um, yeah, you know, it was just something that I had a really good feeling that would connect to audiences. And um, it just took off like crazy. You know, our goal initially for the Kickstarter was 75,000. We ended up raising almost 300,000 wow. in, in 30 days. Wow. Which is wild. Um, wow. And, um, and you know, while the story is obviously very uh, very unapologetically black, it's also very universal because it just speaks to, you know, I think with kids, um, sometimes they ask you to do stuff that you don't know how to do. And if you love them, you're going to figure it out and you're going to step up. And that's really what the story represents.
3: Yeah, it really was a moment of vulnerability, even, even in a funny way where a dad is going... I don't know this world of girls, <laughs> right. but I'm going to step into it yeah. as a dad. Exactly. And it's really been spurred on mm-hmm. by, by what happened with Kobe Bryant. Yes. You know, we saw videos coming out mm-hmm. of how much Kobe loved his daughters, yeah. how proud he was yeah. to be what he called yeah. the girl dad, yeah. you know, and, and how so many people have a negative connotation yeah. towards that. Kobe also shouted you out for the, yeah. the, this nomination mm-hmm. because you are only, the, I think, the second yeah athletes, or former athletes, to ever be nominated for an Oscar in the same category. Yeah. Do you think- So crazy. Do you think looking at somebody like Kobe as a dad, looking at conversations like this, do you think that's something we need to encourage more, is more dads to be, to see this as normal?
0: Exactly. Um, You know, that's the thing, you know, we really wanted to represent that kind of modern day family. Um, you know, as you guys know, rent is expensive everywhere, mm-hmm. and oftentimes now both parents have to work. And so, if mom has to go out of town or she has to go to work early, if you're a father, what are you going to do? You're going right. to step up and you're going to get your kids together too. And it shouldn't be an exception. It's, it's normal, and we want to just try to help normalize that. It was so cool.
3: You know, play with the kids' hair, <laughs> playing with the hair. Like we, we've grown up in a world exactly. where for so long it was like, oh, guys don't do. I'm right. a man. Right. I don't do the hair. And it's like, no, no. You're a man. You can do the hair. Exactly. You can have fun doing the hair. Yep. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, man. Appreciate really that. wonderful. I hope you win that Oscar. <laughs> I hope you win. That's Oscar. Awesome. Hello. The book is available now, and you can watch the short film on Sony Animation's YouTube channel, as well as in select theaters with Jumanji, The Next Level. Matthew H. Here, everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on
2: Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com.
1: Seriously, and that's just one story. We're giving every character their 16th minute. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Are you ready for an all new season of Survivor? You better be because Survivor 46 is here and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Divaya Daris.
1: What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions, because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover.
2: Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.